buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I am super pumped. Today, I've got David Walter. David Walter is an author, speaker, sales trainer, and his claim to fame came from cold calling hot streak during which he was setting 15 appointments per day for six months straight. So obviously, we are going to cover that. We're going to talk about cold calling is not a numbers game. Prospects don't need to have a, uh, prospects don't need to know that they have a need and how to book 15 appointments per day. David, welcome to Sales Hustle. Oh man, I'm I'm excited to to be yeah. here on explosive podcast. Yeah, Colin yeah, this is <laughs> This is a hot topic, man. I mean, 15 appointments per day uh, I, I have a good feeling that that's going to that's gonna attract a lot of people to tune into this one uh, because I'm sure everybody right now at this point is thinking like 15 appointments in day, a day seems impossible. How the hell did you do that? Uh, but before we get into that, which we are, just give us the short, you know, Cliff Notes version of David Walter's uh, sales story. Well, I mean, my, my story is I kind of, I don't go back to, you know, gaga goo goo. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, we don't have time for that anyway. <laughs> no, I, uh, I mean, unless that's when you were booking appointments, then we can yeah. go there. <laughs> yeah, I got out of college and I worked for my dad and helped him make a million dollars in air conditioning sales, which I was like, oh, okay. Pretty yeah. cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, was that door to door? Uh, no, no. I ran an ad. Um, oh, okay. He was about to go bankrupt and he had like $10,000 left on his credit card. And I was like, Dad, Let's copy this ad that I saw that was a half price air conditioning mm. sale and run it full page in the, the the Dallas Morning News. And we did that and we literally got a million calls. And I took all the calls and I set appointments and I had the sales presentation I put together, went out and closed more sales. We got awards yeah. from the distributor, all that stuff. But he but after that we hit the nineties recession and he went bankrupt. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of the nexus of where it sets us up to my call. Because I had to go find a job. I had a BMW that I had gotten when I was riding high, making all that money. Mm. And he lost the family home, the office, everything. It was like, and so I had to get a job and I found a job cold calling uh, at a company called CSI. Uh, And it's documented in my book. Mm -hmm. And I had done just some telemarketing in college for credit cards. NBN America back in the day was like the number one issue of the gold MasterCard. And they had like four call centers around the country, one in Addison. And I worked there in college making like, $30,000 a year. Just 
like taking credit apps. But anyway, I was yeah. uh, make a sh- long story short to get into the, the meat of this stuff, Colin, and for the audience. Uh, I took this job thinking that I was going to make a lot of money because the like always when they present the commission structures like, oh, you do this, 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 you're going to make all this money. You know what I yeah. you know, bought hook, line and sinker on it and then got there and then nothing was happening. Everybody was set like two a day, you know, like they had a bunch of older people sitting there calling very slowly. And then they set two appointments and have a bell. Ding, 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 ding. I set two. <laughs> and I was like, I will not even come close to penetrating my commission structure if I just said two. So I had to set more appointments, and it was this long struggle. Uh, I mean, I'll just short shortcut it. I, I read um, See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar, and mm-hmm. hopefully the audience has heard that of that book. You know, he's passed away. He was a great orator writer. And it said in there to look in the mirror and claim your goal. So I did that for six months, and I picked this goal, which you you alluded to, the 15 appointments a day, right? I, yeah. I came up that goal because that was the number that would get me all the commissions. It would unlock all the money. It yeah. exceeded, actually. And so I just meditated. I'm going to set 15 appointments. And I had no earthly idea how to do that, right? Like, I had never done that before. Um, and we could talk yeah. about that. Why, why you don't need to know how to do something. You have to set the goal. And I did that. And my mind, my subconscious mind, figured out how to do it. And in the process, I didn't realize this till later, but I had revolutionized the very idea of cold calling. And I just six months later, I set 15 appointments that day. And then I just kept doing it. And I got on a hot streak and set 1,800 appointments. So that's kind of the story of what got me into that. Wow. Wow. What a, what a ride. So from, from, from flying high uh, after the, uh, the ad there and then losing it all, taking a job with, you know, that, that, that promised the world and, and realizing that it wasn't possible unless you set a, insane amount of appointments that probably no person ever dreamed was possible. Uh, and then, you know, have the mindset. I mean, the mindset is so powerful in, in, in actually accomplishing that. And, and the way you described it is like, you know, really just, you know, reading the Zig Ziglar book and then, and then setting your mind, uh, set that that you that you were going to achieve that and then actually executing and making it happen you know not just one day not just a, a streak but consistently for a good period of time that's not easy I mean, what somebody asked me one time they they said why did you stop setting 15 appointments a day which was actually the best question i've ever been asked i stopped mm-hmm. looking in the mirror saying i was going to set 15 appointments a day i got overconfident and that's one that's one takeaway is that well and i hear that all the time i I would go speak and people said i had a vision board and i didn't i just came true and i'd say so do you have a vision board today no Mm. i mean we we get into it we do something amazing we forget all about all the things that helped us get there wow so do you still do you still use a vision board today yep i've gone back to it that's how i became a number one bestseller all the goals that i've hit I got an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur contributor, and I just focused in. I had that goal everywhere I could think, you know, on my board here at the office, uh, at home, on the mirror. I woke up thinking about it, and that's that's you just have to absorb yourself in that goal and think about it all the time, whatever it is, and you can reach it. All right, so so walk me through, walk me through going from you know just getting started in this role, 
you know, realizing what it takes, what it was going to take to hit the goals to, uh, you know, get the commission checks that you were hoping for, you know, having that vision board, setting, you know, setting that intention, putting that, that energy out there. And then what changed when you got on the phone? Like, what were you doing differently, you know, when, when things, you know, started, you know, really, um, you know, to happen for you previously than previously? Yeah. Well, you know, they say anything's possible, right, Colin? Like, people say that, mm -hmm. and but you can't, like, fly with your hands and wave them real fast. Yes. Um, but you can't fly, right? So anything's possible within reason. And there has to be, like, a path, or you have to see a path. And think about from the end, right? End in mind, how would I, yeah. what would it look like if I actually got there? And, like, reverse mm -hmm. hear that. And so... The big the big shift was basically where would I get all these extra appointments from, right? Yeah. I had two choices. Number one, was I going to find a way to find more people that have a need? And I don't think so because I don't think that, that that's from the marketing association. Only about 3%, and I think it's even less sometimes, of any market has a, a known need for a service, like top of mind need for service. And so I didn't think that I would just stumble across more people, which is what most people want to do. <laughs> yeah. If they want to get more yeah. points, they try to, they like, how can I find more people that have a need? Because that's the easy sales. But right, I thought, right. okay, well, I do get people and, to say they're not interested. I'm probably not yeah. going to convince them, right? That's a yeah. hard no. But man, I have about 80% of the people I talk to that don't tell me no. They just say they're happy with what they have. Yeah. So I thought, and most people take most people take that as not interested. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mo most sellers. So 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 let's break that down just just for a second. Is you know there's only a small percentage. You said three percent, and you know it's it's somewhere in that ballpark depending on what you do that are actually in market, right? And those are actually the harder sales because you know they're doing their research, they're talking to multiple vendors, everybody's trying to get that business, right? It's super competitive. Um, so there's and, and so everybody's trying to find as many of those as possible and, and, and win those deals, right? Um, and, and with those, like it is a numbers game, right? You just got to make a lot of calls and find as many people that are in market as possible, right? And, and then there's people that are clearly not interested with a like a valid reason. Like, I don't need this. I already have this and I'm in a contract, whatever the case is. Like there's there's just nothing you can do to earn their business. And and so then the the next bucket that you mentioned there is the people that say, Hey, I'm happy, you know, I'm not interested, but they don't necessarily have a good reason. And so tell me, you know, what did you do with those bucket of people to to get them to actually book appointments? Well the, that was the secret was I I was like, how can I how can I uh, get these people to switch? And actually, the people yeah. that I coach now, they call it a mental shift. And yeah. the idea that there's two things that are possible at the same time. That on one hand, you can be happy with your current provider. But on the other hand, there could be something better out there. And yeah. that, was, that was the key right there, is that if you could talk to people and get them to agree that there could be something better out there. Like, okay, you're, mm. you're happy with the number of people that you have listened to your podcast right now, Colin, right? Yeah, I'm happy. But you could get more people also. There could be a way to get to triple the number of listeners. Yeah, I'm awesome. interested now. I just I just went from happy, not interested, to curious and interested. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's all that's it was so easy. That's all you have to do. Not not everybody's gonna agree, but what I call that is getting permission to pitch them. 
In other words, yeah. you just you just say you have to agree with them and you have to understand them. And I got that from the seven habits of highly effective people, right? I'm listening to you, I get you calling. I know you've worked very hard, you work with certain vendors that have helped you get yeah. where you are now on your podcast. And that's wonderful. And you probably don't want to change from those vendors. I get it. But isn't it possible? You know, and sometimes I have to really make it. I'm like, if, if a better way fell out of the sky in your lap, Colin, that would be that you could get more listeners faster, better listeners that would be engaging with you. Uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Would you, would you at least look at it? You know, and that was that really, that's it. I mean, that that is the secret to switching those people around. I mean, after that, you need this entire system to try to book the appointment. But that was yeah. the key. And I realized that those people were malleable, right? Mm. They were malleable. They, and that's the one thing is that a lot of people think they're simply calling to find a no or a yes. Right? Yeah. But that's not but, the reality of the world. You know, I could be a no to you, but I could be a yes to somebody else. All in the yeah. way that I approach you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The way you approach them. And and really the, the big secret in the whole process is very simple. If when I approach you, Colin, to talk, if I couch all my phrases and my questions and things that I know that you most likely agree with, then I can have a yeah. long conversation with you. Yeah. And that's that's the key right there. Is not saying stupid things that get no answers, but really having forethought and thinking out all of your phrases and questions that you'd ask and knowing that most people would probably say, like for example, um, do you keep your options open if you saw a better way? Would you for the future. And by adding those little things on and adding the future at the end, well, for the future, well, yeah, people would sign off. Yeah, on yeah. There's, there's less pressure. They don't feel the need to be as defensive. Like, oh, you're not, you're not, ask, you're not definitively asking me to change something right now. You're just asking me, you know, am I open to the possibility? You know, it's a lot easier to say yes to that. And, and, and so what, what's what's interesting is, you know, you, you got to really know the people and what matters to them, right? To be able to use the proper phrases, um, like you mentioned, to get them to be curious or to pique their interest to continue the conversation. Uh, where and, and also one thing that you said, too, which is a huge mindset piece in, in sales hustlers. So so this thing that David mentioned is, is really important, you know, is that, um, you know, when you're talking to these people, you know, the goal is to have a conversation right? To further that conversation. So many people get caught up, like the goal is to book the meeting. And right. when the, you, when you go into it with the goal of like the goal, yeah, you need to book the meeting, but when you go into it as the goal to book the meeting, people tend to like force things and they get into those lines of questions that are very definitive and they're not going to have dynamic conversations with that large percentage of people that, you know, maybe aren't interested, but without a good reason. And that's doing a, having a conversation is very hard to do. It's like when I coach people, it's the number one mistake that they do. They get in on, on, on just like they're on a talk, they're on a soapbox, and they're just going and going and going and going. Mm. And I learned a lesson. I did that. I had one call where I, I, I was on a roll, man. I got him. I got him on the phone. He's listening. He said, yeah. yes, yes. He, I went through the whole, yeah. the whole thing. And I was like, all right, so what time can we come out there next week? And he's like, whoa, 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 David, you haven't asked me any questions. How could you possibly yeah. recommend something to me? And I, yeah. I tried to rebut him, but I couldn't rebut him. It was lost. But it was a wonderful call because I that was the most powerful lesson. If you don't ask yeah. any questions, how can you know 
that you can offer something better. And really, what what he was saying is you didn't listen to me. Mm. And mm. people love they and, love to talk. And and that's an important piece right there. Two things, right? So number one. Sometimes you got to have those experiences to learn from them to like improve and get better the next time, right? I bet you after that call, you didn't talk as much. You listened oh. more. You asked more questions, right? Yeah, yeah. And for sellers, like, <laughs> and for sellers, like, it's equally as important for you as it is for them. Like, you want to waste your time with somebody who's not even really listening to you and just says yes. And then, you know, you're going to waste your time booking that appointment. It's going to be a deal that never closes. You know, like you, it, you got to, you know, ask the right questions as much as for them as for you. Is it worth my time to book the meeting? Is it worth moving forward for me? Or is there some other people that I'm better, you know, suited to, you know, spend my time with? Yeah, you don't want to waste your time. That's a lot of people think that setting meetings with people that are start out happy and then you kind of draw their mind out and like get them thinking and then they decide that they'll meet with somebody, that that mm. is a waste of time. And it's it, it's not a waste of time as long as you have something better. That's that's like the, the other secret is if if I'm trying to set all these appointments, Colin, and I don't mm -hmm. like preemptive appointments, right, before these people actually have a need. It's preemptive because they do have a need. They just don't know it, right? They have a problem and they don't see it as a problem. That's why they don't think they have a need. But unless you actually have a better way than everybody else, if I'm a, if I'm a, um, a, a plumber and I do things the way everybody else does or an IT company, I do the way things everybody else does, I get out there and I get these preemptive appointments, it will be a waste of time. You have to think, and that's why when I do my coaching is I always, the first thing we do is we find out what their unique selling proposition is. And most mm. people, let's see, we talked about Jeffrey Gittimer. He's big on saying that nobody has a USP. They think they do, but they don't. And, 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 and so why is that? Because it's hard to change. And that's, I, I try to get people to understand this. Colin, and for people listening, Think about this for a minute. Don't we all hate to change? Like, oh the, yeah. I, some, I mean, some to, people, some people are more, some people are more open to it than others. Um, you know, but for the for the most part, people don't like to change unless they have significant good reason. Exactly. And so, what I try to get people to realize: the business owner and the prospect are of the same mind. You go out to sell, they don't want to change. A lot of them would like to find a better way to do it and then get their current vendor to just adopt that change, right? You know what I'm talking right. about, right? Right. <laughs> they, they, they want to learn something new, but they don't want to actually change yeah. the way they do it. And the, the problem is, I always say, look, somebody's got to set the example, right? Mm -hmm. It might as well be the business owner. They take the first step by changing and say, look, we've changed. And I've changed to something better. And now I can ask you to change because I changed. But that's the problem right. is nobody. And that's what we talk about is, and sometimes it could be little changes. It doesn't have to be a grand shift in your business model. It's it, Often it's things that you don't even realize you're doing that are different um, that could stand out. And the other guy's not doing it. That's it. Right, right. Then you can educate. Right. That's the whole idea of this type of appointment setting is to come out there and then simply educate them about something they don't know. Right, right. And, and, and the thing is, is, 
you know, most people don't like to change and you're going to lose most deals to them doing nothing, right? Or trying to improve what they currently have based on what they learned from you, right? And, and maybe the four or five other vendors they might be talking to. Uh, so you've got to educate them enough where, you know, the value is significant enough to go through with however uncomfortable changing is and, and, and trying to really minimize, you know, the, the pain of change, right? Because they typically think like, it's going to cost me more. It's going to take time. It's going to take me away from doing these other things. And maybe it's just not quite worth enough going through all that. Right. So how do you convince them to move forward? Um, you know, when people don't like change, well, what I, one question I like to ask, especially if they want it, they think that they're going to try to get their current company to do it, is yeah. I say, well, you know, it's like IT. Your current vendor knows your system. You feel comfortable. You feel all warm and cozy with that relationship. Yeah. You like our new offer of the cloud, right? You like that new offer of everything in the cloud and not having to worry about um, being hacked and all that stuff and being able to be mobile. Yeah. But you want you want your new company to do it. So here's what I tell them. And and if you're listening, guys, write this down. This is like my coolest rebuttal. I, I tell people, look, your current vendor knows your system, and they're like, yeah, mm. yeah, exactly, they know the system. But they don't know our system. We know right. the cloud, and we've been doing the cloud for five years. So it doesn't right. matter that we don't know your system. Because we're not going to use your system. We're replacing it with our system that we know. So who yeah. knows your system? We do. We know your new system. They know your old system. And it blows people's minds when they think about it. And you can you can adapt that to anything. You know, I, I once, um, I was starting in my own company, and I had no customers. And I was a meeting with this, with this law firm, and she was convinced she loved our disaster recovery. It was state-of-the-art, right? And they didn't have it. Nobody else had it. And we'd gone through all these steps. And she was thinking about signing up. And so she asked the question that everybody asked. How many other customers do you have, right? <laughs> How many reference testimonials? And me and my partner, we looked at each other and we laughed. <laughs> we just laughed. We both laughed. And we <laughs> said, I, we don't have any customers, you know. So being open and brutally honest. But you yeah. don't. This is a good thing for you. And she's like, really? She's like, yeah. First of all, I have all these employees. I've been in the industry for 20 years. All my people have been. So we know the system. We just don't have current customers. We've all worked on customers like you. We have the experience. I said, but you don't, yeah. you don't want somebody to show up and sell you this that has all these customers and everything. Because they're an old established company. And right. they don't adopt new technology. Only the new guy on the block is going to, like us, is going to have the new technology. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people think like being small or being new is a bad thing. But in a lot of cases, it's a good thing because, you know, sometimes the bigger companies, the bigger dogs on the street, they don't take they're not as nimble. They can't be as creative. In a lot of cases, they don't take care of the customer the way that the customer wants to be taken care of. So you can actually use that to your advantage. And, you know, with a proper mindset, that's a benefit. That's a that's a pro, not a negative thing, and uh, and, and 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 you know, rather than coming up with some BS, 
you know, <laughs> response when, when you got asked that question, being brutally honest and authentic with your customer uh, is a way to like, hey, you know, this 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 guy's going to, you know, he's going to keep it real with us. He's going to tell us the truth, even if it's not what we want to hear. And that's the type of vendor that we want to work with. And what's powerful, Colin, is that that is a blueprint for how to deal with almost any objection. Literally, I call it the glass is half empty and half full. And you just mm-hmm. have to switch your focus and think about it. And you think about your, maybe you're the glass half empty and you think it's the negative, but there's always yeah. a positive there. And when I, when I go with people, I literally go on, on overcoming objections. I go the full gambit. I talk about why what they do so great and I compliment it and I compliment them for going that route. And then I switch, and this is my model in my training. I switch and say, well, you know, everybody doesn't do it that way. You know, a lot of people have found that doing it this other way has advantages. And then I go and I go, the glasses have full over here. And you just, you could do that for any, any rebuttal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't go, you know, <laughs> telling them why, you know, what they have is, is, is dog shit. <laughs> it's not going to help you. <laughs> that's a problem. Right. That's how right? Everybody, literally, I mean, literally, that's how most people sell. That's yeah. how they sell. Yeah, because, because they're, they're trying to just say, "Hey, what we, what you have is 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 crap, and what we have is better." So let's go on this journey together, and that just doesn't work, you know. <laughs> like for all you know, they're the ones that picked that solution, you know, and 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 they, you know, who knows what was involved, how painful that change was, they're you know, like how pissed off they are. Yeah, yeah, that's friends. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, so probably. yeah, so you know, I mean definitely saying, Hey, you know, that's great. You know, you're, you, that you have that, or that's a, that's a great option, but you know, m- might you maybe be open to this possibility, you know, and, and, uh, and that's how you can move the conversation forward and, and get to a place where you're booking 15 appointments per day. <laughs> well, anything's possible. I've said even 30 in one day. Oh my gosh. 30. I think it's possible. How, how many, how many calls did you have to book 30 uh, and how long did it take you to book 30? Like just, you know, get, break down the math there. It took me about eight hours to book 30. Eight hours to book 30. How many conversations in, 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 in booking the 30 and what was the conversation to appointment conversion? Well, when I set, when I set 15 a day, I was talking to 40 people a day. So 40 prospects wow. a day would net me 15 appointments on average. But when I said 30 in one day, the 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 uh, the odds were I think it was almost fifty 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 percent of the people I talked to set an appointment. So this is when I ran my call my cold call center that I ran for thirteen years. It was uh, one one day that I did that myself, and uh, so like anything's possible. I mean I think people could set fifty. I mean seamless AI. Have you heard of that before? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's way, yeah, it's a way to get leads faster and. Yeah. Uh, you qualify them, but uh, as long as you qualify your list and you know, you have to know them, you have to know the objections, right? Because I've even yeah. come up once for my brother-in-law or my best friend does this. And I just yeah. go and say, that's wonderful. And you know, having your friend do it, you know, you don't have to worry about trust. And I go all the, and I said, but let me ask you a question. Are, are you getting the friend special? And they're like, what's that? I was like, well, your friend obviously giving you a special rate because you're a friend. And they're like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I say, wouldn't it be a shocking if a stranger that you don't even know gave you a better deal than your friend? And then you start putting that doubt in their head. 
Yeah. And then I'm just yeah. like, you know what? I, you're, I don't think you're going to switch my friend. He's probably giving you the friend special. But how about we wait, 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 wait. Don't go, David. <laughs> Let's do an audit and see. Let me just come out there and give you some numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so literally, you can, yeah. I mean, in any situation, if you're prepared for it, you can flip yeah. it, flip the script and get people yeah. thinking and like, maybe we should yeah, meet. You, you want to know, know one of my personal favorites is, uh, is right here, right? Everybody's heard this one, right? Oh, I'm loyal to my vendor. I'm loyal to my vendor. Hey, you know, I, I totally understand. You probably have a fantastic vendor, but... You're more loyal to your company than your vendor, right? They're like, oh, yeah. Well, would you be open to the fact that there might be something better and are you willing to take a look at that? They're like, hmm, well, I do want to keep my job. (laughs) Are you loyal to yourself? That's another angle. Are you more loyal to yourself than the vendor or to the company? So you you have to change their thinking. They're dialed in. They're focusing on one thing. You're just changing their focus and getting them to see another, another happening. Yeah, yeah. Peaking the interest, you know, just sprinkling a little bit of curiosity uh, to to foster some willingness to continue to talk to you. That's it. That That's that's the secret sauce, right? Keeping the conversation going. Saying something, like I said before, saying something that, you know, they're going to be if I tell them that they they I, their system's great, that they're going to love that. Right. If I say anything positive, compliment them, they're going to say yes. If I ask them if they keep their options open, you know, I like to say, do you do your due, di- do your due diligence, right? And like you said, knowing your audience. If I'm calling like CFOs and controllers, due yeah. diligence is the world they live in, right? Yeah. And so I know you like to do your due diligence. Let me ask you, when was the last time you compared? Mm. Oh, no, it's been a couple of years. Mm. Maybe we should just to check that box. Uh, come out and give you a fresh proposal. So just right. anything. You you know your audience well. Um, it's like knowing that audience is probably the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Or hey, t- you know, technology has come a long way since 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 you probably you know last looked at this. Are you open to taking a look at some new things? Right. Right. Yeah. Hey, David, this has been fantastic, man. Uh, really appreciate this conversation. Love this topic. Tons of value for the sales hustlers here looking to increase, you know, how many appointments they're booking per day. Um, you know, I think that the, the big takeaway is like the mindset, you know, having the proper mindset, focusing on those right people that most people are just brushing off because they think they're genuinely not interested. Um, but before we let you go, any final thoughts? Uh, what do you have for folks? What are we going to drop in the share uh, in the show notes for them? Oh, well, I, you know, you said you like to give away something to the audience. And I thought what would be really cool is I came up with a, a, the, the diagram of a perfect cold call. And mm-hmm. so I'll be giving that to you and everybody listening can get a copy of that. And it just outlines the basic things that you need to do to have a perfect cold call. Boom. There we go. So we will drop the link there for, for the diagram of the perfect cold call courtesy of David Walter. It'll be in the show notes for you, sales hustlers. If you enjoyed today's episode, write us a review, share the show with your friends, and always we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.